is Melissa Lockard with Steve Berman from the Seamheads, a show about the Oakland A's. Well, we've made it. It's one week left of the regular season of this most memorable 2020 campaign, and the Oakland A's know they're going to the postseason. They don't know yet that they're going to be American League West champions, although their magic number is down to one pending a Astros game later on Monday. Coming into this final week, the division titled are so up, but other than that, it's mostly just getting to it healthy. So, you know, after a weekend series where they played really well in the first two games and really, really badly in the last one, Steve, where do you think they're at at this point? Well, I think it was actually as good of a series as you could really hope for. I mean, yeah, the loss on Sunday was not optimal, but it was just in terms of the score and, and how it went. But you know they they got they they took advantage they took care of business in the first two games and they had two great starts from Chris Bassett and Jesus Lazardo so I was at both of those and I really thought you know after watching Bassett pitch okay here's your obvious game one starter in the playoffs he's been their most consistent pitcher he's been one of the top ten pitchers in the American League this year and then Lazardo comes out and debuts a different kind of slider that has more velocity. He played around with the grip in the bullpen before facing the Giants and said, I'm just going to go with it. And he said he was, you know, moved like a cutter sometimes, a curve sometimes, a slider sometimes. And he got some swing and miss with it. And I think just the fact that he was able to handle the Giants so well after having his worst out in his career against them in August it just kind of looks like he's rounding into form and you have two guys who you could stack up at the front of your rotation for the playoffs. So the fact that Mike Miner didn't have it and the bullpen didn't have it on Sunday, I mean, who cares? They're going to clinch the AL West, you know, one of these days, maybe even on Monday evening when the Astros play. I got the same kind of takeaway from the series too, that it was a pretty positive thing. I think, you know, they were hoping to sort of get that over with on Sunday and I could sense a lot of disappointment at the um, end of that contest, but nothing that is likely to carry over to much. You know, and actually even with Mike Miner, I mean, he made those two bad pitches on the two two run home runs, but he actually pitched okay. And I think, you know, certainly looks like somebody they could use for a couple of innings at least in a postseason situation if they needed somebody to come in and get some swing and miss, because he certainly has been able to get a decent amount of swing and miss in his outings, even when he hasn't had, you know, perfect outings for a, a long start stretch. But a couple of innings from him even wouldn't be too terrible. But you're right. I think that uh, there's a lot to, of good things to take away from the first two starts in that series. And, you know, the Giants were obviously missing Mike Yastrzemski and, and uh, Alex Dickerson. That's still a very good hitting lineup. It's still a lineup, especially against, I think, you know, left-handers that can do a lot of damage. And the fact that they were able to throw 20 and a third shutout innings before they started to get scored upon, I think is showing that the pitching is rounding into pretty good shape as they head into this final week. Yeah, and that's really all you want at this point. I think they've dodged a major bullet with this Matt Chapman injury because Jake Lamb has been so good. And not just offensively either with key hits and and home runs at different times, but also just the the defense as well. So I think that part of it has been huge. Listella has been a great addition as well. The fact that he's actually the leadoff hitter now. He went over four on Sunday, but still uh, the fact that he was just moved in the leadoff spot and it seems like it works is kind of a testament to how good of an acquisition that was and really the only issue just for me going into this last week or so was all right so who your starting pitcher is going to be in the playoffs and so the fact that they were able to especially with Lazardo, I mean I, I was not surprised at all with Bassett's outing uh, Bassett's just been nails for a while now but Lazardo, you know he, he had a little bit of trouble in Seattle I think that we can probably logically blame the air quality for part of that too I mean he's had trouble sometimes getting through the lineup a third time 
but he even said that he was losing his breath, and so it's pretty hard to have much stamina in a game when that happens, and I think Melvin took him out after the sixth inning. I think he could have pitched the seventh inning, too. I, I was actually a little surprised they took him out because he looked that good against the Giants, and if Lizardo is pitching the way that you sort of hoped he would this year going into the postseason, then really all you have to worry about then is who's going to pitch afterwards, and you have a bunch of options, and that's what's going to be interesting just over the next uh, few days here over the last seven games is just to see what the A's can do in terms of figuring out, all right, who's the best guys between Fires, Manaya, and Montas going into the postseason, and who do you trust the most out of those three? Yeah, and what's so interesting about this postseason is that unless they end up lining up against the Astros for the first round, which is certainly possible, and I think uh, at this point is is where they would line up should the season end today. But unless they're playing the Astros, they're not going to be facing a team that has seen too much of the A's bullpen. And while guys like Liam Hendricks and Joachim Soria and Ismero Petit have obviously been around a long time, you know, there's guys like Jordan Weems and J.B. Wendelkin who don't necessarily have a long track record for these teams to have scouted. Lou Trevino has looked much better this year and a lot different than he did last year when those teams would have seen him. It's sort of an interesting weapon or wrinkle that they have this very effective bullpen, and it isn't necessarily one that there's going to be a long book on. Now, of course, that goes the other way, too. I mean, it is kind of crazy to think, you know, say they ended up drawing the Blue Jays or something. You know, there's a lot of players on that team that the organization wouldn't have very much familiarity with at all because a lot of them are rookies that were called up and the Blue Jays and the A's don't share a lot of minor league affiliate uh, leagues even coming through development. So the scouting books on some of these teams are going to be, it's like spring training where you're facing call-ups and and you're just going to go out there with your best pitches and hope for the best because you're not going to have that detailed history with a lot of these guys. So I think that's going to create some really interesting wrinkles in the postseason. Now, obviously, the Astros, the A's have plenty of history with, and and they got some uh, unfortunate injury news again this weekend when Justin Verlander looked like he was on the verge of rejoining their rotation, and then it turned out that that elbow started barking again, and he's going to have Tommy John surgery, and it's not only going to not come back for the end of this season, but will miss all of 2021 instead. And it's an interesting time for the Astros because they have some pretty key free agents coming up, George Springer, uh, Yuli Gurriel, and you know they're now not going to have Verlander, but they're going to be paying him next season. It'll be interesting to see how they pivot at this point. They've certainly got some young talent coming up, but the A's taking an opportunity to win the AL West here, it is something that maybe they could carry over into next year, just given where the Astros are sort of in flux at this point. I saw this is a, a vulnerable year for the Astros even before the Ken Rosenthal Evangelic story came out and the Astros uh, situation completely exploded with the cheating scandal just because of the fact that they're losing Garrett Cole. They've been, you know, those long postseason runs take a toll on the team anyways. And I think you can't like just say automatically that that's why Justin Verlander got hurt. But I think that the A's are definitely well set up for next year, of course. And also I think in the playoffs, they're set up pretty well, at least to advance to the next round because they've been so good at home. And I think that obviously, you know, people talk about how there's no home field advantages here because there's no fans. It seems like the A's just kind of feel comfortable there. You know, it's debatable sometimes. You're like, okay, we'll go into these games, you know, as a media person, is it really worth it? Because the access is not there. It's all still on Zoom calls. You could do it from your house if you want to in terms of, you know, talking to the manager and to the players that they make available. But it is interesting just to watch the dynamic of the team. I mean, there's some stuff I, I didn't write about on Saturday that was just kind of funny. There was one time where there was a, a play where there was a foul ball that landed on top of the canopy 
that sits above the mostly it's the starting pitchers that aren't pitching that day and a couple regulars and it's set up right behind the dugout and they're very 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 tuned into when the balls are landing near them and they'll go get them and you could tell like they joke around about it and in this case one got stuck in, in the can in two different canopies this little spot in between and the ball is sitting there and you can see Manaya and Bassett both like trying to figure out where the ball went and then trying to hit the canopy with a bat to like see if they could knock it out but they didn't know where it was and so it was just kind of funny watching them and then they got distracted and started tossing the bat to one another and then there's another time where I couldn't tell who the player was so I didn't write about this but someone actually got a ball and chucked it from that area behind the dugout over at the bullpen and it landed like five feet away from I think J.P. Wendelkin I think it was him I couldn't tell though it's hard to tell from our vantage point exactly who it is because they're all you know it's far away and they're you know a lot of them were wearing masks but whoever it was that almost got hit yelled you know some curse words back at them and the guy who threw it pointed at the guy next to him and the guy next to him pointed at the guy who threw it and there's just that kind of stuff that's going on they seem like they have a good time there and you know the 20 and 8 at home and that's kind of nice thing about this first series is that the home home team's going to get those three games so maybe that's a good way to get them a nice launching point if they're able to advance in the playoffs i mean luckily it's not a one game playoff this year we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like i lost my mojo or we even avoid it altogether with excuses like i had a long day at work or Sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. Or, you know, maybe a situation where you're watching so much baseball that you actually think too much about baseball, and that can become a problem too in the bedroom. So, with Roman, it is easy to talk about it, whatever the problem is, with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet, and getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com Oakland and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. So go to roman.com slash Oakland today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's getroman.com slash Oakland, getroman.com slash Oakland. You're right that they certainly have seemed a lot more comfortable at the Coliseum. It's going to be interesting to see how the dynamic just in general changes. As of right now, they will no longer be going home until they're done with their postseason run. They're kind of basically packing for a, essentially a month-long road trip. They'll go down to L.A. They'll come back up here, but instead of going back to their homes, they're going to be in the bubble hotel that'll be in Oakland for that first-round series, assuming that they're hosting a first-round series. I mean, I think they'll, they'll be in the, the hotel regardless but they'll continue to stay there for the first round series, assuming they sew up that home field advantage for that series. And then they'll go from there to wherever the bubble's going to be for the next round. So, you know, they're basically on the road, even when they're home. It's going to be an, an interesting way of kind of going about it. It's definitely, you know, they've sort of been in bubbles anyway, but 
bubbles at home as opposed to in a hotel. So I don't know how much that affects their kind of dynamic or anything, but um, it's, it's sort of an interesting note. They also will be carrying with them 12 extra players who are essentially the bubble group that if there was an injury and someone had to be removed from the roster, they'd be able to bring somebody up. So guys that were on the 40-man roster that were at that alternate site, uh, you know, they're going to be traveling with the team and essentially it's like a giant taxi squad for the rest of the time that they're playing. So it's all very new and different and interesting this year. Um, I'm sure nobody wants to repeat exactly how this has gone, but it'll be interesting to see if some of the elements of how this takes place kind of carry over into a more normal season. It's going to be just weird. We know that. <laughs> it's, the, yeah. the entire season's been weird. The, the last two, three weeks have been even probably the weirdest, especially the A's probably on the top of that list in terms of all the stuff that they've had to deal with, especially during that Texas series. You know, it's kind of interesting that they did drop Daniel Megden. They DFA'd him. There was, you know, some people, you know, I have saw on the Internet questioning whether or not it was because of his uh, – positive COVID test. I don't really know if that's exactly the case. I think uh, you explained it well in in a comment saying that it's, you know, he's an impending free agent and is he really going to be coming back anyways and they need infield depth. But that was kind of an interesting one. But other than the Matt Chapman injury, which is obviously terrible and you'd love to have AJ Puck for postseason two, but overall they seem pretty healthy beyond that. And they seem like they actually have a really good sort of mental state as well. I think Matt Olson was very sort of, I think he's kind of stepping into a little bit of a leadership role here with Chapman being gone. And he kind of struck a tone of real businesslike sense of, we don't want to have a situation where the Astros lose so that we get the AOS. We want to win out. And he definitely wanted to win that game on Sunday. Obviously it didn't happen. But I think that it seemed like it was a, a really good sign for them that they were able to clinch a playoff spot play against a Giants team that was a little bit topsy-turvy going into that series and play such good baseball those first two games and just kind of just keep taking advantage of Giants' mistakes in those first two games. I think they took a little breath on Sunday, and that's to be expected, but it just seems like to me that, you know, they're going into the postseason as well as can be expected at this point. I don't know what you think. Yeah, I mean, I you know, we'll, we'll still have, uh, what, seven games left, and, and a lot can happen between now and then. But at, at this point, they're in pretty decent shape. Chad Pinder has started light activity, uh, baseball activity, so they're hoping they're going to be very conservative with how they bring him back because obviously any setback would put him out for the year, but they're hoping that they'll have him available for the postseason. And I think one of the things that became apparent uh, during that, you know, sort of ridiculous sequence once TJ McFarlane came in at the end of, of uh, Sunday's game is that uh, backup defensive infielders that were problematic once they got down to that level of depth. And obviously you hope not to need any of those in a postseason situation, but it'd be better to have a guy like Chad Pinder who plays pretty well at every position than, you know, sort of the roving circus that was that inning. And I don't think anyone needs to see VM machine at first base again, given that <laughs> I don't think he could reach half the throws that we're throwing. So, Poor guy. Um, you know, and now they, they're, they're heading down to LA for a three game series against the Dodgers. And both teams still have a little bit left to play for, obviously, because neither team has clinched yet, but are both close to clinching. And, you know, this is a a great test because the Dodgers, even if they're coasting, are are a very strong team and a team that is, you know, as good a chance as any to be back in the World Series again. Uh, So it'll be interesting to see how they match up in that three-game series. And then, you know, Seattle may or may not have anything to play for when they go back for the four games uh, at the end of the week. But this Dodgers series, I'm going to be interested to see just how they match up with really one of the deepest and most talented teams in baseball, if not the most. 
the only way this could be better is if it was the final series of the season because it is really a nice way to kind of get pumped into the postseason and play a team that is incredibly good. I mean, the Dodgers are so loaded. The A's are very good as well, but this is going to be a, a nice test. It's also going to be sort of a, you know, a welcome to Dodger Stadium if that ends up being where they, they end up playing any of these games uh, going forward after this. It's nice. You don't want to go in the playoffs in a situation. I mean, I think the whole momentum thing, people really don't know what, if it means anything, but it, it does just anecdotally seem like if a team has to sort of stay mentally focused heading into the playoffs, then it's a little easier for them to be that way when the games ratchet up. So yeah, it'll be Montas against Dustin May on Tuesday. And I'm very, very interested to see how Montas pitches first start in nine days. He was on paternity leave. If he pitches well, then I think the A's are really set up well for the playoffs. But the Dodgers are tough. I mean, Dodger Stadium used to be a pitcher's park. doesn't really seem like it's that way anymore. And uh, the Dodgers, obviously, their lineup is incredibly strong. And Dustin May is a guy with great stuff as well. So, yeah, I think it's just interesting to see exactly how they stack up against one of the best teams. It's good for that reason. The Mariners, I think, it's going to be kind of a weird series. But that could be one also where the A's get a little bit of rest if there's anybody who's banged up, too. Yeah, and it wouldn't be a season if they didn't finish against Seattle. So That's true. Like they start every spring training against Milwaukee, and they end every season against Seattle for reasons I haven't quite ever understood. But it'll be a, definitely an interesting series. I, I am looking forward to seeing how Montas bounces back. You know, perhaps the kind of break that he had from the little neck thing, repeating it coming out this way, maybe he'll have an opposite effect and he'll be able to find it again. I'm sure mentally it must have been draining to have to be worrying about, um, you know, his wife and the and the baby during COVID. And, and so to have a healthy baby and all that, I think um, it has to be a weight off his mind. So that'll be a great matchup. Dustin May is, is one of the more dynamic right-handers in all of baseball. And obviously the A's haven't matched up that well against right-handers necessarily this season. But now with Estella and Lamb uh, swinging well from the left side, they're actually a lot more balanced than they were before the trade deadline and before adding Lamb. Um, and, and it is, it's just a fascinating thing with, with Jake Lamb because the success he's having, a lot of it is against these National League teams that he had been struggling with when he was with Arizona. It's not like he's just coming into these against these teams that have never seen him before. I mean, these are the, the division opponents he was up against all the time. And he's hit every ball hard, it seems like. You know, it's it's really amazing. Even a couple of the balls yesterday that got caught who were hit really well. So it's fun to see. And hopefully for the A's, it carries over into the postseason. Yeah, Lamb's been a revelation. It's uh, one of those things where you know it's a good move when Giants fans are complaining over the weekend that they got Justin Smoke instead of Jake Lamb because I think Lamb probably wanted to sign with the A's anyways after Chapman's injury. So, I mean, it's a, a team that's obviously going to the playoffs in a, a spot where you could just slide in and play you know, third base in a great infield. So, you know, kind of a no-brainer for him if he had a choice. But people were definitely a little bit upset about that, especially after that home run he hit against Sam Selman. You know, going up against the lefty, Melvin said after the game that if two guys were on in that situation, then he would have thrown KD in there. But because there was only one guy on first base, then he decided, oh, we'll just let Lamb do it. And then Lamb just jacks one into the right field bleachers. And and he said that gives you more opportunities when you do that. So I think Lamb is now at a point where uh, if he keeps sitting like this, he's just an everyday starter at third. And that makes it a lot easier, the permutations for Melvin in terms of what he has to worry about and juggling stuff around there and making sure that you have a solid defender who can also hit. And if Lamb could hit righties and lefties, then, you know, you can play all nine innings. 
he had three good at bats against left-handers in, in Sunday's game as well. So um, certainly looks like an everyday player now. And that's essentially what Bob Melvin said after the game too. So I would look to see him in the everyday lineup. And uh, Chris Davis has had a couple of good games in a row against left-handed pitchers. It doesn't look like they're going to give him a lot of opportunities against right-handers. But, you know, against a lefty in a uh, three-game series, it, have him as a possible weapon either coming off the bench or starting that game is certainly something that would be helpful for the and there are a few left-handers that they're going to face over this next week, including uh, Julio Urias um, in that second game in, at Dodger Stadium. So good stuff for the A's to kind of focus on in this last week. So obviously, one more step that they still have to take in actually securing that ALS title, but they know they're going to the postseason. And we'll check back in later this week to set it up for the final weekend of the regular season and look ahead to perhaps knowing what their postseason opponent's going to be. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back later this week.